This is a Federal News Network podcast. At the county, city, and town levels, governments often employ professional administrators hired by elected boards. Black public administrators sometimes face special challenges. For what those might be and how the federal government can help, we turn to the executive director of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators and the fifth in our week-long series of recent inductees into the National Academy of Public Administration, Marsha Connor. Ms. Connor, good to have you on. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Tell us more about the forum itself. That's an organization I confess I have not been familiar with. So the National Forum for Black Public Administrators, we are really known by the name NFBPA. We've been around since 1983. We were founded in South Florida. We have over 2,500 members, 36 chapters in 350 jurisdictions. Our members are across the country. They can be anywhere from city, county, and we do have some federal members who um, join our organization. Our vision is that we're the nation's premier organization, which inspires leadership development and service excellence with integrity and accountability while transforming the way we govern. Our overall mission is really to serve as a catalyst, linking public and private organizations, as well as academic institutions, to support the professional development of African-Americans choosing public service careers. So we do a lot around leadership development and mentoring and providing leadership development for those who choose public service. Yeah. All right. And do just out of curiosity, do most of the municipalities or governmental units that employ your members support their membership in the organization? Yes, I'd say about 90 percent of those who belong to our organization, they are supported by uh, their municipality or local government. And public administration at that level takes many forms. Sometimes you have a strong city manager, legally speaking, that is, and they can hire and fire the police chief and the fire chief. Sometimes they're more under the thumb of the local officials. It just depends on whatever the jurisdiction's articles of constitution are. So what special challenges do black public administrators have in your experience? Well, I would say in some ways, our challenges are not unlike other managers in terms of how they govern cities and run their cities that, you know, you have challenges with, you know, public safety, economic development, housing, et cetera. But I do think they bring sort of a unique position in terms of point of view, particularly where you have communities that are diverse or not diverse or experiencing uh, diversity with their communities. They generally are well-educated. They're bring their experiences from other cities and counties to the workforce, and I think bring all the attributes that you would want in a great leader or manager. And have you seen, say, suburban or areas that were traditionally mostly white? Is there more willingness to hire managers, administrators, regardless of their racial background now, say, than 10 years ago? I would say yes. We've seen quite a bit of that. For example, you have some that are still being first in communities. The city of Raleigh, North Carolina, just um, hired their first African-American city manager. Wake County, who uh, one of those members is actually on our board, Wake County, North Carolina, a couple of years ago, hired an African-American gentleman from Virginia. So we still are seeing some firsts in terms of the areas. Baltimore County just recently hired its first female and African-American county manager. So we are seeing first, but I don't think that it's any different in terms of bringing the best professional to do the job. 
I think that is really what the cities and communities are really looking for. I think that there have been more opportunities since maybe the 1980s for um, African-Americans to be in those leadership positions. We're speaking with Marsha Connor, executive director of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators and a new fellow in the National Academy of Public Administration. And you yourself were city manager of Austin, Texas. And that's not exactly a little hamlet. Well, so let me just speak. I was the actually assistant city manager in Austin. I've been the city manager of Durham, North Carolina. I've worked for Arlington County, Virginia as a budget director. And I really started my career in Miami-Dade County. So I've worked for large counties, medium-sized cities, as well as small towns. And all of those jurisdictions at some point look to Washington for one reason or another. Maybe it's a grant for a new police car or something, public works projects, or any number of issues. What does Washington, what do the programs administered by federal agencies look like to local administrators in terms of their efficacy and responsiveness? Well, I would say there are some programs that the federal government does very well. Um, As you know, with the census, one of the things that's really important for local communities to have the census count correct because it will affect, in some ways, the type of money they will be received from federal government. Um, Community development block grant is one that I think local communities really rely on in terms of affordable housing, EDA money for economic development, you have for small towns, Main Street money. So, you know, there are different um, varieties of money. I think localities also look to the federal money for operational jails and prisons. So it runs the gamut in terms of things that you have. So clearly, we do rely particularly in the social services area, heavily on on federal funds. I would say if you're going to give a a report card, I think in some ways it works really well. If you're a community that's struggling and not getting enough of the funds that you need, of course, you're going to hear a different um, perspective. And always there are more needs, clearly, than there's funding to go around for uh, many of the services that are needed. Recently, the National League of Cities released a report on the priorities of communities across the country. said that when you talk to cities uh, across the country, there were four areas that were really concerns for them. Economic development at the top of that, infrastructure, as well as housing. While we receive federal funding for many of those, they are really administered on the local level. And where the funding of the federal government funds short, then those municipalities and local governments are challenged to make that up through property tax, through assessments, if it's road or infrastructure. So as you know, infrastructure has been a big discussion over the last couple of years. There's still a need for our streets and our roads, also to improve our water systems. So there's definitely a need there. And just one that's probably a little more close to uh, cities right now is the issue of the CARES Act money, where in fact on the front lines, these cities have had to deal with businesses closing. They've had to deal with, you know, the hardship of restaurants closing, unemployment locally. And so you look to your local municipality to sometimes pick that up. Sure. There's that need and a request because much of the CARES money went to larger jurisdictions, 500,000 and over. And they're still, you know, America is made up of lots of towns and cities that are below that. So there is still a need for the funding to help with the economic recovery of these cities and towns. And just a quick question. Do you feel that, say, the small cities and towns that might be contiguous to the really big urban areas, I'm thinking, say, of Massachusetts, which is 351 cities and towns, there's a whole bunch of them clustered around Boston. Do they have sort of a better crack at some of these things 
by knowledge or experience than, say, an isolated town like, you know, in the middle of Colorado that could be nine hours from Denver? Well, I'd say if you're closer to a larger growing urban community, if you have a great relationship with that um, county, um, and generally you, you'll know that um, local officials really try to work with each other, then you have an opportunity to perhaps have shared in some funding. Um, and usually there are cooperative agreements between the cities and the counties for services. So you benefit. But if you are further away from an urban center, I do think you are um, in some ways very challenged. You have the benefit in larger areas to do cooperative agreements. You have lobbying that can be done on mutual aid agreements and things like that. But if you're out there by yourself in small towns, really, you depend on your congressman, your state, probably a lot more than on some of them being able to get funding from the federal level. I remember two cities, two tiny towns, rather, in New Hampshire. It took them two years to negotiate a deal to buy a great all jointly, you know, a $60,000 piece of equipment. And you can't do much without a great all, even to this day. And so now you are a fellow in Napa, and we should point out the offices of the organization are in Washington. What do you hope to do with what kinds of projects and panels and so forth connected to Napa are you hoping for? Well, one of the things I find that's very great about Napa is they have something called Grand Challenges, where they've identified some key areas um, that they would like to have research done. And it really invites both federal, nonprofit, and local government um, input. And so there are a couple of areas that I am personally interested in, some of them around economic development, some around the future of work. I think those are probably areas that local governments um, really can give a perspective in terms of having their voices heard. A lot of us are focused on resilient communities. How do you withstand storms? What's the future of work in terms of now we've gone through COVID, we realize that perhaps we don't need all the employees in one building. And so I think the ability to bring a local government perspective to some of the research that they've done is really, for me, a great opportunity. Marsha Connor is executive director of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators and a new fellow in the National Academy of Public Administration. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. This concludes our five-part series of new Napa fellows. Find them all posted at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.